Hello, folks. Welcome to Courtside Wellness. I'm your host, Brandon Sincroy, former athlete and current social worker. We have the honor today of sitting down with Bill Vanderbilt, field instructor for the University of Michigan, pioneer in the sports social worker field, and researcher. On today's episode, we'll sit down and talk about the origins of sports social work, the work that he's done with the University of Michigan, and how the field has grown over the past decade. Bill Vanderbilt is a pillar in the sport social work field, the social work community, and the University of Michigan for his work in community services, social justice, and trailblazer in research. It's an honor to talk with Bill today. Thank you and enjoy. Hello, folks. We're back with Bill Vanderbilt, uh, retired faculty of social work from the University of Michigan at Ann Arbor and current field instructor uh, for students. Bill, I know you say you got about 10 students there currently. And Bill, yourself and uh, Warren Clark pretty much were some of the founders of Sports Social Work, I would say, around 2012. So yes. I'll throw it over to yourself to give yourself some intro. And again, thank you for joining us today. Oh, it's an honor to be with you today, Brandon. I'm really excited about it. And thank you for all you do to really promote sports social work through your media work and networking. It's been just a pleasure to work with you. Uh, well, in uh, 2012, we, uh, Warren uh, and I were starting to talk about uh, how do we do the sports social work? Because Warren has a long history in being an elite athlete. And I basically got involved in sport through after school programs. I'm not an elite athlete. And generally, most of the people in our field are. But I uh, got involved and thought about, well, how would we apply sport in a fun way for kids after school. So that's how I got into it. And I found that it was a great way for kids to come together in community, to enjoy each other, to let out uh, stress, but also to build self-esteem. I've been very, very interested in working with urban youth in Detroit and using sport to empower, to engage, to enlighten, and to really uh, help them uh, develop social skills and academic skills. So I've done consultation and training and teaching at the university to promote this idea of sports social work. And like I said, you know, coming from a different experiences yourself and Warren, what was it that in terms of, like I said, you recognized in the youth that said, oh, hey, you know what, there needs to be more of a role in sport? Uh, well, we found that sports really um, is a great way to reach out to kids that ordinarily you wouldn't be able to reach. And Warren had done quite a bit of coaching with youth, and he's developed a strength-based coaching model, which uh, he's actually applied to coaching uh, baseball and has been very successful. We found that it was a way to uh, identify strengths in kids, to get them involved, to give them opportunities for exercise, but also an opportunity to grow and develop, to experience a team, to develop self-esteem, to uh, through role modeling, learning, problem-solving skills. And it's great to see, you know, the connection of how the value of sport 
can be important in terms of, you know, the values of life. Yes, because I've done consultation with uh, Racket Up Detroit, and they use squash as the sport. And then we have Midnight Golf, where they use golf. And uh, then we have the girls' hockey team in Clark Park in southwest Detroit. So many times the sport is the way to engage the young people. And then once you get them, then you can do all kinds of leadership development, academic enhancement, encouraging them to get into skilled trades or pursue college. Uh, they At uh, Detroit Horsepower, where they use horse riding as the intervention, they've developed a really interesting curriculum uh, in all areas of problem solving, healthy relationships, communication skills, uh, uh, drug resistant uh, behaviors where kids can learn to say no, uh, alternatives to uh, bullying. There's so many great things that we can do using sport as the vehicle. Yeah. It's a great you know, way to inspire youth, but also engage them in that process as well, like you said. And there's so many different ways, like you said, you know, it doesn't have to be the typical sports you think of, of hockey, soccer, basketball. But again, like you said, horse riding, squash, it can be such a wide range of how we can engage with you know, young people. In southeastern Michigan, we have Girls on the Run, and that's a great program for young women. And uh, they have a whole curriculum there in helping them to make good choices, get into healthy relationships, make a commitment to wellness. It's really, really exciting. I, I, I'm just, I just uh, so excited about uh, all these different initiatives that we have in the Canada, United States, and all around the world. And what would you say are some of the things that really inspire you in this field? Like I said, over the past 10 years, you've put in a lot of work in terms of the sports social work field and really helping this area grow of social work? Yeah, well, it's, it's really been an honor, you know, and I've met great people. Uh, it's just been um, a, a great opportunity to learn and share. And we were at the University of Michigan. We were the first one to have an international mini conference in sports social work. And we had people from Canada and the United States come together at our school in Ann Arbor. And we had uh, leaders in the field uh, from across the country uh, talk about these ideas about sports social work, including one of our senior faculty, uh, Dr. Robert Ortega, who has a extensive history in coaching. Um, we, uh, because of our interest at sports in University of Michigan, we uh, really reached out to the entire campus. And when Warren and I were teaching the social work and sport class, we had people from across the campus come, psychology, kinesiology, nursing, teaching, uh, business, education. So we really tried to create an interprofessional network where we could share uh, wide uh, wide range to all different kinds of people. It was really fun. And I'm glad you brought that up as well, because funny enough, as we're talking here today, I have the University of Michigan yeah. um, notepad from the uh, Social Work and Sport Association. And like mm -hmm. I said, University of Michigan has been, you know, a big driving force of looking at sports social work and really, you know, pushing that envelope further and further. So I wonder if you can talk about how that all started and how it's grown over the past 10 years. 
Well, I think, Brandon, as I mentioned a minute ago, it was probably the mini, uh, the mini conference where we really got to know a lot of people at Ohio State. We had people come from Windsor, Canada and, and, and uh, uh, Ontario area because we really wanted to have it be international. And we've always invited our, see, we're so close to the river there that uh, it's not that hard for people from Canada just to jump in and see us in Ann Arbor. So we really wanted to work with them and find out what they were doing and getting their ideas. So I really think the mini conference, because it had people come from eight states and Canada, and uh, at the time people thought it was kind of a, a, an unusual idea. People would say, well, we really like sport. We really like social work, but how does it connect? So Warren and I spent a lot of time explaining about, you know, the role of the coach, the role of the team, uh, the way that you can do diversity training, psychosocial education, uh, teach them life skills, values, clarification, creative problem solving. So from that, then we started to uh, network with people and people would call us and then like Lauren shoot from down south and then uh, uh, Dr. Ginger Gomot from uh, Lamar University in Texas and Dr. Matt Moore at Ball State. And so we were just so excited to be able to meet these people and then to begin to collaborate. So from that, then they asked us to write teaching notes and how we got started at Michigan. And that's published in the, the inaugural edition of Sports Social Work that just came out. Yes, yeah. So, and like I said, the connection that you guys have been able to have over the years with the uh, Alliance of Social Workers in Sport has been huge as well. And in terms of you know how that program's grown and how many alumni have been able to come from the University of Michigan to go on into other universities or other programs and to grow the field is great to see as well. Oh, yeah. It's a real honor to keep in track of our alumni and see what they're doing with uh, both in academia and in the professional world. So we have Nate Recknangle who works for the National Football League and he's the, the clinical manager for the Players Care Foundation. We have uh, other people that have been uh, closely associated with the school, Natalie Graves in, in Chicago and her work in private practice. And then Dr. Tarkington Newman at uh, University of New Hampshire. And uh, we've loved working with Lauren Beasley. She just finished her dissertation uh, at Tennessee. So we're always trying to build the network a little bit bigger and uh, bring everybody together because Warren and I have just been really passionate about how do we develop an international network of people and the association under the direction of uh, Dr. Jerry Reynolds and Dr. Matt Moore and Dr. Tarkington Newman and uh, Anita Daniels. They've worked very hard to uh, really develop a great uh, association, an alliance of social workers. It's, and it's great to see the collaboration because I think that's one of the grassroots of social work itself is the, you know, the collaboration and people working together for the common good of sport. You're you're hundred percent right, Brandon. It really is a blessing to see how people want to work together. And you know, when you're successful, then we're all successful. And it's really more, uh, as anthropologists say, the greatest human relationships are based on 
cooperation, not competition. And I have seen such grace from other people like yourself of wanting to share and learn and uh, uh, educate each other. It's, it's really an honor to be part of the network. I feel very blessed. And in terms of, you know, those experiences you've had, is there a certain, you know, memory or experience you've had that really stands out for yourself? Well, I think, Brandon, is when we had the mini conference. And I think people kind of thought, oh, I don't think too many people would, you know, come. And then when people were starting flying in from other states and then uh, the day of the conference, we had well over 150 people there. And it was just a mini conference. So we were we were kind of um, I think we were kind of shocked, you know, that. Yeah. Because people thought we were, had kind of a weird idea that, you know, nobody would come. And uh, we were just so excited about all the people and all the people talking and sharing their business cards and their ideas. And so it really became sort of an incubator for people to generate new ideas. And then people would like, you'll go out for like a cup of coffee after, you know, and talk. And so we really were very, very happy about that. And then um, we're at the at Michigan where we also have athletes connected. And that's really a great network. And I'll be uh, sending out the newsletter of the people that work there, uh, Emily Klug. And then she was actually an ambassador for uh, the Olympics. So, you know, it's like uh, we're seeing sports social workers doing all kinds of incredible new things. And Jonah Silk, who started a, a foundation for youth. So like I said, you know, stretching, you know, all sides of the world to be able to, you know, display the connection between athletics and social work. And mm-hmm. I know you said, you know, when the topics first started happening, people were saying, okay, I like sports and I like social work, but not understanding the two. You know, how was the conversation following that mini conference? Uh, well, I think people started to see that it was um, an actual legitimate idea on both the practice and academic level. And then Warren and I were teaching the social work and sport mini course, and we were able to bring in people. Uh, we would bring in uh, Kelly Mondero from Indiana, and as I mentioned, Natalie Graves from Chicago. So we really wanted to go national and bring in people that we thought were really innovative in the field. I think that um, as the word got out that we had uh, a mini course, some people wondered, well, uh, do other universities have a mini course? And so then you know, Ohio State was teaching it, and then they were teaching it at the University of Texas at Austin, and they were teaching it at Lamar University. So, and then uh, Matt Moore and Ginger wrote the first textbook in sports social work. So that gave another really legitimacy to it because it was, you know, a peer-reviewed academic uh, publication that was used for graduate and undergraduate education. So that was another step in the right direction. And it's great to hear, like I said, you know, again, the constant expansion of sports social work in different universities and like I said, you know, the social works that have built on as well in terms of like said, academia. In terms of the athletic size, how did the University of Michigan um, react in terms of from the athletic standpoint? 
Well, they've been wonderful. Um, the, the University of Michigan AD is really quite remarkable. And I think they maybe, uh, we had a, a legendary coach, Bo Schemblecker, and he was uh, one who selected uh, a person, a social worker named Greg Harden, who's really well known in the field. And they really kind of just start, I think they were the ones that really started the clinical process with Barb Hansen, uh, and they had they had their own little counseling division over in the AD. So really, um, I think uh, one of the icons is really Greg Harden and also Barb uh, Hansen. Uh, and so when we wanted to start working with them, they were, uh, you know, they only could take so many students, but they were you know, very kind and gracious with us. And Warren had known Greg quite well. And then uh, now our, our fearless leader is Abigail uh, Eiler, and uh, she's a, a clinical faculty in the School of Social Work and is also a director over in the athletic department. So she's really spearheading, uh, I think, the, the, the initiative now. I would say she's our, our leader, and she's uh, developing a, a continuing ed certificate in sports social work. So it's great to see again, both sides being able to collaborate together. And I've got to meet uh, Greg Harden twice, like I said, in, in my experience of sports social work there, both in Chicago, um, when working with Natalie Graves over the uh, years. And, you know, I remember one thing he said was when he meets with athletes, he asks, okay, who are you? Because again, you know, and oftentimes he says, well, they'll talk about their position on the field or what, you know, year they are or what sport they play. But he mm-hmm. says, okay, who are you outside of that? which I think also embodies what sports social work can bring to the table. You're more than just an athlete. You know, he talks about, well, are you a, a son, a daughter, a friend, a cousin, a coworker, all these other identities of who you are outside of your sport, which I think is so valuable. And what's interesting that, you know, Tom Brady has really been in the news lately and uh, Greg Harden was his mentor. So it really shows that, you know, people uh, having a social work mentor can really help a person, you know, grow and expand in their career. Uh, I think social work really has so much to offer. I know that sports psychologists have a great deal to offer too, and I have great respect for them, but I think social workers also uh, have a place at the table because the way that we look at the world with the ecological life perspective and how we do assessments on people using a biopsychosocial paradigm. I think that adds sort of the uh, social systems influence of what impacts upon the collegiate athlete because so many times I think, Brandon, people think, oh, to be a collegiate athlete, you know, you're a warrior, you're a star, you know, everything works out really well for you. But also there's the issues of racism, sexism, oppression, uh, manipulation of college athletes. And so there's a whole other side where I think social workers can be advocates, educators, and counselors. And there's two great points you brought there. So one, I love the point how you said, you know what, a place at the table. Again, it's not a competition, but again, it's a spot for all of us to kind of be there, again, for the common good. There's a spot there for sports psychologists. There's a sport. There's a spot there for sports doctors. There's a spot there for sports social workers. We all have a role we can play mm-hmm. to better the athlete and, you know, the individual as a whole. And also, mm-hmm. I like the point that you brought up around 
how can we, you know, foster that in terms of helping the individual and not just, you know, focusing on one aspect of it, but about, you know, looking at the holistic approach. Yeah, and that's what I love about our, well, there's so many things I love about the Alliance of Social Work and Sport, but also that even though it's for social work and sport, we're very interdisciplinary. You know, we have psychologists, we have mental health counselors, we have nurses, we have physicians, and that's great that we uh, really are a place for everyone because we're always stronger when we have that uh, interdisciplinary collaboration. And it's point you made too around, you know, the roles that we can play in terms of advocacy, providing that voice. It goes back to the, you know, there's three keys to the cortisol wellness that I talk about. And those three keys are to bring awareness to mental health and sport, to provide a voice, because oftentimes the systems, you know, silence the athletes themselves out of fear or oppression. And finally, to ch- make social change. And, and through, like I said, the skills the social has, we can help, you know, work with athletes. So not only that they have those skills, but then the athletes can learn those skills as well in their, in their own lives. And then also, Brandon, at Michigan, we're very interested in the transgender athlete and uh, having you know, opportunities for uh, people and also uh, welcoming them and empowering them. And so uh, that's been very, very important in our work is to really think about uh, uh, gay, lesbian, transgender uh, people of different abilities, because we also include in our curriculum, uh, how do we work with people that have different abilities? How do you work with kids that may be in wheelchairs? So uh, he, in uh, southeastern Michigan, we have uh, the Miracle Baseball League, where kids of all abilities, both cognitive and physical, can be involved in baseball. So we have two uh, baseball diamonds now where it's completely accessible. So uh, children can you know, use a wheelchair for mobility or a walker or whatever. And there was one situation where there was a, a, a child uh, and uh, he you know, hit the ball and he was gonna go around the bases. And um, the, 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 the coach and the kids and the parent were kind of concerned, is he gonna make it? He said, oh, I think I can make it. So everybody stood there as he went around the diamond. And I don't think there was a dry eye in the house. It was such a validating experience for that little guy, you know, so wonderful. And isn't that, that's what makes sport. Those small moments that are the biggest things for kids to kind of bring out that, you know, that inner joy. And that's what I say to people, you know, it's very easy to get consumed with the performance or the stats or the standings. But oftentimes we forget about those small moments in life that truly matter and make us feel human. Yes. Well, I really like the idea of you belong. And, you know, when they get their little cap or their little jersey, they're so proud that I I belong to something. I'm on a team. You know, and that is so engaging. Uh, I just really believe in that. Rather than on the scoreboard, I really like to think about what's going on in their heart. I think that's the big part because, again, at the end of the day, that's the root of life in a lot of ways is that sense of lying. You know, there's been so much research in terms of mental health or addictions or trauma, and it mm-hmm. all comes down to a sense of lying can provide, a, you know, a help around well-being and a sense of place. 
And Warren was also a pioneer in creating a camp for people with traumatic brain injuries and incorporating sport and water activities. And uh, that was a really powerful experience. And I think Warren did that for over 10 years uh, through uh, Chelsea Hospital and also, I think, somewhat affiliated through the University of Michigan. But I think it was mainly through Chelsea Hospital. And Warren uh, and his colleagues created a whole uh, camp for people with traumatic brain injury, which might have been one of the first, uh, <coughs> excuse me, one of the first models in the United States. And it goes to show that even though we say, you know, 2012 was around when sports social work, you know, started to have the conversation. It's been going on for a lot longer than that. Well, Jane Adams, you know, back at Hull House in Chicago, she really incorporated a lot of sport. And Dr. Jerry Reynolds wrote an excellent article uh, really uh, documenting her contribution to the field of sports social work. And uh, she had the first women's baseball team. She really believed that sport was a way to bring community, to create inclusion, because she was working with many of the immigrant children and she wanted to get a sense of uh, togetherness. And so she had uh, wrestling and, oh, she was really all kinds of like uh, different kinds of exercises that they did. And there's some, uh, Warren and I looked at some of the archives and some of the photos are just incredible in what she did. And, uh, and I think that was starting to happen, you know, all across the country uh, is using sport as a way to uh, empower, unite and change behaviors and build community. And like you said, right from the beginning, it's a great vehicle. It's a great place to kind of engage people, you know, help understand and start those conversations. I can think back, you know, when I started my social career in child protection, I had a young person you know, he didn't want to talk in an office, and I, and I understood that. And one day, I ran into him there, and I had a soccer ball. And we kicked around a soccer ball, and I had more conversation, you know, kicking around a soccer ball with him than I ever had with him in an office. Absolutely, you're right. You're absolutely right. That, uh, as we call it, you know, action talk in the therapeutic parlance is that you know, if you sit them down in your office, it's like, well, how are you? Okay, what's going on? Nothing. Uh, what would you like to talk about? Can I go now? Uh, but if you're, you know, playing soccer or shooting baskets or doing batting practice, they'll just talk, 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 talk. Yeah. There's, it's just a way that the sports creates a safe environment and they see you as a, a positive role model and a caring counselor and they don't see you as the shrink. It really switches the dynamics for sure. And again, again, I think that part you said, it makes them feel safe. And that's one of the biggest things that we need. Because sometimes kids will say, well, don't use that social work stuff on me. But if you just put it in everyday language and talking to them, you can really do great interventions in a very uh, liberating, relaxed uh, discussion. All about getting back down on their level. And like I said, you know, working with them and not at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Bill, in your experience, what would you say are some of the gaps that you currently see in the you know sports social work world or in the sports community? Uh, well, I would love to see more sports social work in high schools and, and middle schools and elementary where we could start really young with the children 
In Detroit, we have the PAL Association, the Police Athletic League, and I think they do a real good job. But I would like to see much more because even now when you look at the jobs available for sports social workers, they're usually at community college uh, or a university or college setting. You don't really see like the director of uh, sports social work for uh, the for Ontario. You know, you mainly see it maybe at uh, McGill University or something like that. Uh, so I really think if we could get it more into the community, at one time we had a social worker that was running the Ann Arbor Parks and Rec. And I think that would be a great place for social work to really train all the coaches and help them with uh, learning like uh, Warren's model of strength-based coaching. Also, there was a very interesting article that was written in Spain in how to do social skills training with the parents because I think many coaches feel the hardest part of coaching is dealing with the parents and getting them to behave. And I know that one uh, social worker I know um, in the Detroit area, she has a whole contract that the parents sign and she makes them come to an orientation session about how to be a good parent when your kid is participating in sport. Also with consequences, like if you run out on the field, your kid sits on the bench. Because we've seen some really wild stuff of parents attacking each other and uh, yelling and screaming at the coaches. And I have seen some really sad things where wonderful coaches dropped out. Like one of my friends, Donna, she was a great coach. And another person I know, Betsy, they dropped out because they said the parents are just too crazy. I can see that both, like I said, you know, I was an athlete uh, formerly and I coached for a period of time there in university, uh, coached the high school soccer team in my local area. And, you know, there were times where I really questioned, these are some really great kids. And you can see the embarrassment and shame, like I said, and like I said, the athlete's face when they notice that their parent is is behaving in a certain way. Yeah, well, Warren uh, has a statistic and I can't quote it exactly, but that uh, a large group of kids in the United States drop out every year because they say it's not fun anymore. Yeah. Which again is, is a sad thing to think because again, sport was developed for the fun aspect and then we get gets taken away because of other dynamics of sports. Mm-hmm. It really makes you question where's the priorities. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I, you know, people get into all this where we got to win. And uh, I really, in my humble opinion, I'd love for us to get, kind of away from that and think about, well, are we learning skills and are we getting stronger? Are we learning how to work with the team? You know, uh, those kinds of things. The the values of being a, you know, a positive human. Right. Right. You know, and if they can, you know, continue to swim and get better, you know, that's, that's the main thing. Not that they have to win every meet. But and that, that, then also to think about with kids, how do we really incorporate that in sport into a lifelong commitment to wellness? You know, swimming or golf or uh, track and field. You know, how do we extend that career so that they can have more fun and be healthier for longer? So look now, like I said, not just the short term period of the competitive place, but again, the long, longitudinal. Uh, look at it and say, okay, how can we analyze this for, again, you know, healthy well-being overall? Right. And then also looking at sport and social work for older adults 
and thinking about, well, maybe about pickleball or maybe a walking group or whatever, because we as social workers, as you know, we really believe in the development of the individual through the life cycle and that uh, doing wellness things. I know that Warren has worked with the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. They have a reminiscent uh, program where they bring people to the stadium and they uh, people with uh, dementia and other kinds of memory loss and Alzheimer's disease come and they use the reminiscence of baseball as a way to sort of engage memory and create a safe social environment that people enjoy. And I think that's wonderful, you know, that sport can be uh, a wonderful gift for people of all ages, all abilities, all cultures. And, you know, in that positive way, what would you say is one of the you know greatest improvements that you've seen in the sport community, you know, over the past ten years in your research and your work in the sport social work world? Uh, well, I think we're moving slowly, uh, but I do think that there's more community awareness about the positive aspect of sports. That you know, there's more to sports than just you know getting a field goal or making a basket. And uh, I think the more that we educate, the better when we talk about what can we do with girls on the run? You know, how are the girls different after they've been in this program? Or how do we really use our research as they do at the Life Sport Institute at Ohio State to really measure, you know, what are the outcomes of these interventions and how are these young athletes better? because of what we have done. So I think we need more research to demonstrate to funding sources that it really uh, is a human benefit activity, not just your kids running around with us, you know, kicking a soccer ball, but there's a lot happening to them as they're doing that with uh, using the coach as a role model, learning, you know, uh, fair play, learning how to enhance each other on the team, getting a sense of we rather than me. There's so much that comes out of that when you have an effective social work model to lead the sport program. Because again, like I said, the connection of, you know, the values of social work and how they appear to the values of sport are very mirror image of each other in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. One thing I often do, like I said, towards the end of the episode, I always have these kind of rapid questions that I ask people. And again, you know, it's interesting to hear different people's uh, thoughts on these. So the first one I always ask is, what do you think makes a well athlete? Uh, I think a sense of uh, self-esteem that no matter what happens, they're okay. Because I hate to hear that an athlete maybe uh, died of suicide because they of a, a bad play. Yeah. So I think wherever they go, they have a sense of self. That's a great point for sure, because again, you can see not just during our athletic career, but how that can, you know, look at the, you know, overall their whole life, will say, and how that can impact so many areas. Mm-hmm. What is one word of advice you wish you could give your younger self? Uh, be creative. Learn. Don't be scared. Yeah. Great points. Again, it's very easy for us sometimes to think, oh, well, it's, you know, I don't know if that's going to work out or if I, if I can do that or it's kind of out in left field. But sometimes those ideas in left field are some of the best ones. Again, like I said, when you guys talked about you know, back in 2012 doing the mini conference, a lot of people kind of kind of looked sideways with it. But again, mm-hmm. look where it's grown over the past 10 years. 
Yes. Well, even when we had the student uh, uh, start their association and we had a study group with the faculty, many of the faculty did give us a side-eyed, as you said, Brian, uh, Brandon, um, but we kind of stuck in there and kept on talking about it and giving case examples of how it worked. Yeah. So I think not giving up is really important. For sure. And in terms of for yourself, what would you say brings you peace currently? Um, well, when I see these models working, it makes me really happy because I feel maybe in some little way, you know, I've supported people and encouraged people, but it's very humbling to see. And I am so excited about your generation of leaders and how you're going to really move the field forward. I, there's so many talented people uh, in your generation of sports social work. I just think it's really going to go places. Thank you. And again, I really want to thank you for being, you know, one of the pioneers of the sports social work world. And again, you know, the work that you've done has definitely inspired, you know, numerous social workers to step into the field and kind of see the aspects and opportunities that there is to, you know, grow this in so many aspects I never even thought were possible until I, you know, dove into it and realized, wow, there's lots of aspects for social workers in the sport community. Oh, you're very kind, Brandon. I really appreciate uh, the work you're doing. And uh, it's I really love being in touch with you and learning from you. So thank you for this opportunity to talk with you today. Yes, it was a great honor. And like I said, you know, thank you again for joining us. It was really appreciated. Okay, thank you. Take care. For more information about our page, upcoming podcasts, or ideas that are coming forward, follow us on social media on Facebook and Instagram, Wellness Athletic Services, or send us a message on our email at wellnessathleticservices at gmail.com. Thank you, and stay well.